0: Thank you for listening to our podcast from Crossroads, South Arkansas. I am teaching pastor David Preston Jr. I pray the words you hear today speak to you on a personal level and help bring you into a closer relationship with Jesus. Thanks again for joining us. Father God, we love you. You are Lord this morning. God, we pray that this morning, Lord, you would be the Lord of our lives, the master of our life, the director, the leader. Lord, we pray this morning that you are you are glorified. And God, we cry out to you this morning that we may be overwhelmed with your grace, with your mercy, and your love, that we would see it today in a whole new way. And God, we pray this morning that you would be glorified. God, that you would move and that we would become God, that we would become closer to you because of what you have done this morning. That you would become more real to us than you've ever been. It's in your name we pray all these things. Amen. You be seated. Good morning. It's good to be back this morning. Good to be with you and uh, get to see everybody. Uh, get to worship with you this morning. I appreciate you all understanding us being gone. Last week, uh, we were gone uh, to Oklahoma City. Well, right outside of Oklahoma City, one of the suburbs, Yukon, Oklahoma, where they opened a uh, <clears throat> counseling center uh, named after our dad. And we were able to go and be there for the grand opening and and uh, get to worship at Trinity Baptist Church last week in Yukon, Oklahoma. And we were blessed to be there um and even more blessed that we were fortunate enough we didn't know this when it was planned but u.s senator james lankford from oklahoma delivered the message on sunday and cliff and i were there for both services so i got to hear it twice and Cliff did too and hutch made it for the second one with his family and um things that he said last sunday have just stuck with me through this week and have stayed with me and we're in the middle of a series about the way God speaks to you and we're going to continue that but I'm going to take a little detour this morning uh, because some of the things that we heard last week have just been stuck in my heart and stuck in my mind and the Lord just won't let it go away and I want to share some of that with you this week uh, in a little bit different way but I think it's something that's important for us right now and if I had to put a title to my sermon, it would be, Be Where Your Feet Are. Now, when Cliff saw that this morning when he walked in, he asked me if I was going to preach or teach an offensive line um, a camp this morning and try to teach people because that's something, it's a phrase you hear a lot in sports, um, but it's something that we can take into our daily lives. It really put to use you know and I, I went and did some some research because I had not really paid attention to this I I'd heard it but I never really thought about it a whole lot until uh, I heard a coach say this um, one of his messages to his team was to be where his feet are now he's no longer coach at that school anymore and his feet have been removed um, at least from that school but The message—he didn't get his feet chopped off. That's not what I meant. But he—he no longer has that job, and he's moved on. And—and but what he meant was know where you're at, know what your responsibilities are, and be where your feet are. Don't look to be someplace else. Be better where you're at and you know I, I did some research looking up to what that that phrase meant where it came from and and one of the things that i read it said to, to be where your feet are means to be mindful of where you're at and i thought about that and you know and doing more looking and reading and to be mindful of something means that if you are distracted 100 times you refocus 100 more Life's going to throw you distractions. Life's going to throw you problems. And if you're where your feet are, you're going to be distracted. But to truly be where your feet are is every time you get distracted, you refocus one more time. And you come back to your priorities, to what's important, to how you live your life. As a Christian, it is crucial that we know how to be where our feet are. We have a mission. We have a calling. We have a duty as Christians, and if we aren't firm, and if we are not where our feet are, then there's no way we can accomplish that mission, and so I want to talk a little bit about that today, we're going to look first in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to look at a few verses here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Um, I'm going to try to keep up with this, unless Cliff, you got it, okay, well, I'm reading, thank you, Cliff. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians, chapter five, verses fourteen through seventeen. Second Corinthians five, fourteen through seventeen. It says, either way, Christ's love, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Those verses right there are so powerful. They have so much truth in them. Because when you accept Christ as your savior, where your feet are are different than they were the split second before you made that decision. Because in our old life, in our old self, where our feet were were based off of us. It was based off of our selfish thoughts. What can we do for us? How can this impact us? How can this make my life better? How can I do things that are gonna make a positive impact on me? We were focused on ourselves, but the second, the split second we gave our life to Christ, our feet are in an entirely new spot. And now we have changed in our life. Our lives change in a couple ways. They change in a couple ways when we, where we are, uh, when we are, where our feet are in Christ. When you accepted Christ, two changes took place. The first one is a change within you. You have a change within you. The second one is there was a change to you. There's a difference there, but we're going to look at both of these. A change within you and a change to you. When you accepted Christ, changes took place in your life. Now, I want to say this right now. That there are churches today full of people that think they've accepted Christ. That a change has not taken place. There's churches full today of people thinking they're going to heaven, but they've not had a change in their life. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, there is an absolute, a definite, a positive change that happens in your life. It might not happen all at one time. It's a growth process. But there is a change because you step out of your old self And you step in to your new self. The first thing, there's a change within you. When there's a change within you, the first thing that happens is you become a new person. The Bible tells us in those verses that we just read that the old is gone. There's a new. Everything that haunts you about your past, God has forgotten. You're new. That's one of the biggest tricks that Satan uses is to remind us of everything we've done in our past. That's his biggest trick. Because we're not worthy of the salvation that we've received. And he knows that. He knows that. So how can he make us feel even more unworthy? He reminds us of what we've done. He brings it back up. But we're new. When we have that change, the change within us makes us a new person. If you've accepted Christ and you don't feel new, we really need to investigate that commitment you made to Him or the commitment you thought you made to Him because you are a new person. The second thing that happens within you is your life shifted from a focus on yourself and the people around you to the things of God. What used to be important to you is not going to be as important to you today. Or the things that were important to you are going to be important to you in a different way. If you're a parent and you accept Christ, you loved your children before, but now you love them the way that Jesus loved them. And you want to bring them to that love of Jesus. Whatever controlled your life before, you give up. And allow God to control your life now. That happens within you. You shift from yourself and the thoughts of how you can help yourself to how can you please God. That's a new person. You know, we see and we've talked to people and, you know, I've always told people in my testimony, I'm one of those that I'm always blown away by the testimonies of people who God completely changed their life. They were lost in drugs, in alcohol, in sin, and they made a complete 180. I'm not one of those people. I stayed out of trouble. I was scared to death of my dad enough to not get in trouble. And so my testimony doesn't sound, quote, spectacular, because God really didn't rescue me from something that was just horrible. But my salvation is just as valid as those who he did turn their lives completely around. And so even though my testimony might not seem spectacular in the eyes of God, it's brilliant. And it's just as important as those who he has completely flipped their lives upside down. And I'm thankful I'm not trying to take away from those. Don't get me wrong. Those testimonies are amazing and it's those testimonies that a lot of times the world needs to hear because we're fighting those battles but there's also people sitting in church that realize I've done things pretty good my whole life. I think I'm going to be okay and you're not because I could have lived that life. I went to church growing up. I could have thought you know what? I've been to church every Sunday since nine months before I was born. Some of y'all will get that here in a minute. That was kind of funny. Taylor that I saw that. Okay. But I've been to church that long. and It would have been easy to say, you know what? I've done what I'm supposed to do. I'm okay. But there wasn't a change until I was 18 years old. That's when the change happened. And I can point to that change. And I can point to that moment. I remember exactly where it was, where that change happened in my life. And something happened within me. And something happened in my life. So change happens within us. There's also changes that happen to you. When change happens to you, a couple things happen. Number one, you're immediately placed into the family of God. Never lose sight of this fact. When you accept Christ into your life you are immediately on the spot accepted into the family of God and that's where you stay. If that change happens in your life, you're immediately placed into the family of God. The second thing is you begin to seek God instead of running from Him. I was a good kid. My mom's here. She can vouch for it. I stayed out of trouble most of the time. But I was still running from God. I still found ways to excuse what I was doing that I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing. I still found ways to justify what I was doing instead of just living the life I was supposed to be living and accepting him. I began to seek God when I made that change in my life. His words, His input mattered to me. I thought it did before. I know it does now. Because when I go to Him and I go to seek Him and I go to find Him, I find exactly the answer I'm looking for in His Word. In his messages to me, in the way he speaks to me, I find what I'm looking for. A lot of times, God will put that right in front of your face and make it obvious to you. But a lot of times, you do have to seek. You do have to seek him to find him and to find his words. He longs for that communication with us. He wants that communication for us. So sometimes whenever he sees you, all he's wanting you to do is just reach out and the answer's right there. When you make that change, what happens to you is you begin to seek him instead of running from him. And then one last time, what happens to you is everything changes because you've become that new person. Your old life is gone. Your new life is right in front of you. And you go to live in it. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple other things that follow those verses. Because when we become new, there's a responsibility that we have to follow. And the Bible tells us that we are Christ's ambassadors. We're going to look at this. This is following on down in... uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 20 here. Go ahead up here. It says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We are Christ's ambassadors. He's making his appeal through us. What does that mean? He is using us to spread his message. His appeal to mankind is being made through us. He's using us. As his messengers, his ambassador. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Is there a message our country needs to hear more today than come back to God? That's what our country needs today. We want to answer the problems our country is having. It's so simple. It's come back to God. But we are fighting a spiritual battle right now that we can't even comprehend how big it is. And so many of us are not where our feet are that we're not spreading that message of come back to God like we should be. You see, here's something that Senator Lanford said last week that really stuck to me an ambassador is a representative, an ambassador to the United States is a representative that goes to another country that doesn't live like the other country. They show the other country how we live in America. They put our priorities and our morals in place in that country so when that ambassador is living there, those people can see, well, that's how they do it in America. And hopefully it makes an impact on them. We're Christ's ambassadors. We are to be where we're placed. We're to be where our feet are and live the life of Christ so those around us see how we are living and they can look at us and say that's how a Christian lives and hopefully make that impact on those around us. That's what being an ambassador is. We live the life of Christ and being a Christian to make an impact on others, and we share that message to come back to God. But to do that, you have to be proud of who you are. You have to be willing to stand up for who you are, and you have to be willing to live for who you are and who you represent. He told this story, and I'm really disappointed that I had not heard this before because it's a great story and I love telling stories. Um, But he told the story right after the American Revolution was over, Thomas Jefferson uh, was was an ambassador to France. Now, brand new country, we're in debt to everybody financially because we had to borrow money to defeat the the British, to defeat England, and Thomas Jefferson's first official job in the US government is an ambassador to France. Now, he goes to France, he's living there, he's representing the United States. And let's be honest, there wasn't a lot to represent at that time. It's brand new. So he's starting from scratch, building this relationship to show the French people what the new United States was all about. While he was there, there was a a French, I don't remember if it was a, a businessman or a a thinker, a philosopher, anything, there was this idea, and this guy wrote this article, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, because I can't, but um, it was very French. Just take my word for it. But um, he wrote this article that said that the culture in France and in, in Europe was so much greater than it was in North America or in the United States. That's why the animals in France and in Uh, Europe were so much bigger than the animals in North America. Now think about that. And this was this was a believed thought at this time. This guy said it. Those people believed it. That because the culture was so much more developed in Europe, their animals were bigger. Their culture made their animals grow more than the lack of culture in the United States and North America did. Thomas Jefferson heard this. He read the article. And he was proud to be a citizen of the United States and it made him mad. He said, I'm going to show this guy. And so he called. No, that's the wrong. He doesn't call. We're not there yet. He sends a letter to the governor of New Hampshire with this order for him to do. He said, build a team, go out and kill a moose and mail it, ship it to this address. And so the governor of New Hampshire goes out He forms a team of eight or nine men They go out, have to go into Vermont And they kill a moose They bring it back They stuff it in this crate Nail it shut, put it on the ship Ship it to this address This address was that man who wrote the article's house It takes approximately three months For that moose to get there Can you imagine opening your door to this large wooden crate, lifting it at that crate and seeing a moose that's been dead for three months with a note from Thomas Jefferson that said something along the lines of how about this animal from North America? Y'all seen a moose before you realize how big it is. Thomas Jefferson heard this guy say something bad about the United States and he wanted to prove that what he said wasn't true. So he found the biggest animal he could think of and he had it shipped to his doorstep just to prove what America had to offer. How many times of Christians have we stepped out in frustration to prove what Jesus has to offer? He was the ambassador to the United States and did whatever it took. He went way outside the box to prove his point. How many times do we step out of our comfort zone to prove the point of Jesus? I'm guilty of this, so I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. But when I see all these things happening in our country right now it's easy for me to say in my heart and in my mind and to my family we really need to turn back to God but I haven't been out in the middle of demonstrations trying to lead people to Christ I haven't gotten out in the middle of the crowds and said guys this is all you need is Jesus ambassador for Christ. If I'm where it to be where my feet are, I should be in the middle of it. I've even been more quiet on social media because I didn't <coughs> want to say something that was going to offend somebody. And if I'm proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, I shouldn't care who it's going to offend. Because it's the truth and it's what our country needs and I've got to be where my feet are this is where God has placed me right now this is where God has me in my life this is where my feet are and if I'm going to be an ambassador for Christ I have to be where my feet are there's two big questions that we're going to ask here the first one Have you ever been changed at this level? I can't answer that for you. You have to answer that for yourself. But have you been changed at this level? Has that change in your life happened where you left the old behind and you walked into your new life? If that change hasn't happened, it can happen today. It needs to happen today. Today. Don't leave without it happen. The second thing is have you thrown off the old you? Do you still let those the past come and hurt you? Do you still let the past come and impact you? Have you thrown off the old you? We're going to look right quick at Ephesians. <clears throat> Ephesians, I believe it's chapter 2, if I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. It says, verse 22, it says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted. Throw it off. Let it be gone. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Throw off the old. Go through and read the letters that Paul wrote and see how many times he referenced this theme of you're a new creature. Just about to every church he referenced it in one way or another. Throw off the old. Put on the new. The old is gone. You're a new creature. You're Christ's ambassador. I'm sure y'all have probably seen these hats sitting up here. If you haven't noticed them, there's hats sitting right there. Those hats are made by the exact same company, the exact same brand, exact logos, everything about them is exact. Now, I'm a guy. I like to wear hats. And there's something special about when a hat fits just right. And when it fits you just right, it usually looks just like this one. That's the perfect hat. But you don't like being seen in public too often like that. So you get a new one. Now, here's what I want you to see. This is my new hat. Y'all know I'm an Arkansas fan. And this is this is my new hat. It's clean. It's pretty. All the uglies not on it. it it's good. But when I put it on, I have to put it like this and then I have to pull it down in the back and get it just right because it's new. It doesn't fit my head just right. I have to put it exactly where I want it, okay? Y'all see that? Did I demonstrate that, okay? Now, I'm gonna take my old hat, my Arkansas hat that's faded, that's dirty, that I mow grass in, and it's nasty. It's disgusting, just to be honest with you. And I'm gonna put it on my head and watch this. It's perfect. And even if I don't put it on just right, it just kind of slides down exactly where it's supposed to be. It's there. I could wear this hat all day and not even realize it's up there because it fits just right. But see, my hands are even nasty. Just touching it. I'm I'm gritty. But what I want you to see, that's us before we got saved. That's us after we accept Christ. Before Christ, after salvation, there is a difference. Because this hat is old and nasty and dirty and it's covered in stuff that I don't even know what it is. But this hat, if somebody sees that hat, they're going to say, That's a cool hat. That's a clean hat. What does the Bible tell us about this? See, because here's the thing. Every day I walk into my closet in the morning and I know I'm gonna wear a hat that day, I have a choice. Am I gonna put on this hat? Or am I gonna put on this hat? And there's a lot of days where it would be really easy just to do that and walk out the door. But is that putting off the impression that I want to put off? So if not, I have to go. And put on my hat just a little bit different to make it fit my head right. But if you see me in town, which hat's giving off the better impression? This one is. I wore this hat into a business the other day after I had mowed the church grass, and the lady said, You've been working. And I said, yeah, I've been mowing grass. And she said, yeah, the hat looks like it. And I was like, yeah, it looked like that before I mowed the grass. But what does the Bible tell us? I'm going to go back a couple of verses here. I went back too far. Sorry. Throw off your old sin for nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted. I walk into that closet, and I can put this hat on every day, and I'd be comfortable. I know what to expect when I wear this hat. It's comfort. It's who I was. But being a Christian isn't always easy. Being a Christian sometimes means you have to do a little bit more to do things the right way. And it would be easy to walk in every day and put on this hat and walk out because I know it fits just right. But I'm not going to show people who I really am. I'm not going to show people that I care about how I look. Because if I wear this hat, I don't care how I look. I'm not putting off the right impression. In our Christian walk, if you live in your old life, you're showing people that you don't really about that change that happened in your life. That change is not as important to you as it should be. That's why Paul was so adamant about this to throw that old life away it's gone, you're a new creature so literally what we should do is when we wake up every morning and we walk into our closet of prayer with God we have to make a choice am I going to live today in my old self or am I going to take that old self and throw it Away and live life as a Christian in my new life. We make that choice every day when we get up. Am I going to live in my old self or am I going to live in my new life of Christ? Because everything we do as a Christian makes an impression on somebody else. you want to put the best impression forward you can so throw the old away <coughs> throw your old sinful nature or your former life away which is corrupted. not sure what happened there Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and then finally put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Living the old way might be comfortable. Living the old way might actually be a little bit easier. But living the new way means you're Christ's ambassador. It means you're living for Him and you're showing. Be where your feet are. live for Christ. Share the message. Let people know that you're a Christian. Be proud of the fact that you're a Christian. And if somebody says something that you don't agree with and you think you need to take a stand, then put a moose on their doorstep. And let them know that, hey, I represent the kingdom of God and what you're doing is wrong. Here's the truth. It's what Thomas Jefferson did. That's what we should do as Christ's ambassadors. If that change has not been real to you, if you haven't experienced that change we talked about, don't leave today without it. Don't watch the service without making that commitment. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. Listen to a song this morning. It's been around for a while. He didn't want heaven without Alice, so he sent heaven down. For you and for me. Don't waste the gift that he's given us. Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you. Lord, we don't deserve all you've done for us. Lord, our pastor, so much, and it's hard for us to overcome that, but we know that you've already forgiven it. We know that you've already put it behind us. You've put it behind you. So, Lord, I pray those of us here who are Christians and those of us watching who are Christians, lead every day. And let we take every step as an ambassador for you. That We're proud of being a Christian, Lord, that we spread the message of hope and of love. And a king who cares for every person here. Lord, if there's someone here who hasn't accepted you as their Savior, Lord, I pray that you that today be that day that they are immediately added to the family of God. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining our podcast today. If you're in South Arkansas, we'd love to have you visit us. If you'd like more information on our church, please visit us on Facebook or our YouTube channel at Crossroads South Arkansas. I pray that as God pours his love and grace over you, it overflows onto those around you. God bless from Crossroads.